in the next four weeks uh, talking of, about work. And if you're here and that's really depressing to you because it's the weekend, we do hope that this will give you some perspective. Uh, but a lot, if you're like me, life flows like you have Monday and you're really just counting down until Friday night comes. And there seems like there's this blip in life where it's we're at work and work is not what we want to do. Work is not where we want to be. And then the weekend comes and weekends are always over way too quickly. And if you're on social media on Monday mornings, there's this general theme of like Mondays are the worst. And as I was researching for this series, I got kind of sucked into the world of memes. And some of you know what that is, but a meme is like, it's actually this thing that exists. People can study like memes, like that's your degree, kind of. Uh, basically, it's this summary statement of what a culture believes or what they think is true. And it's usually recognized by symbols that people have or statements that represent kind of the current thinking of a particular topic. And so I googled work memes. And you know what? As you Google work memes, you get just sucked into this world and it's it's pretty hilarious. It's cynical. And you actually don't get a lot of work done. As you research work memes, but I was trying to find like what's kind of the current sentiment of work. And over the course of this series, I'm going to show you some different memes that that represent this. But the first meme I found and really the only kind of meme I found positive to work is this one right here. I don't mind Mondays. I actually like to work and love my job. Now, what's interesting about this meme is that that's a puffin. And we're humans. It's like. This meme represents the fact that they couldn't find a human to say that. They could only find a puffin. Okay? And that was about like the only positive one. And as you read that, you're like, oh man, that person, are they trying to suck up to their boss? That's usually the sentiment. If people are positive about their work, it almost seems like something's wrong with you. Because really, negativity rules the day. Like, you want to complain about the work you have, we describe it as the grind it's a grind, like a grinder. Like that's not necessarily good. It crushes things. And that's how work can can be. So in this series, we're actually trying to get past some of like the emotional uh, responses that we have to work. Uh, maybe the grind or stress that we feel and actually look at well, what are actually some things that that work is designed for and how can it actually be something that that's good and positive. Uh, but this next meme, I think, represents kind of the good launching point after the puffin. The first five days after the weekend are always the hardest. Right? It's just something about Monday through Friday. It's like once we get through that, the week is great. But if you look at this in the kind of breakdown of your week, if you actually have a terrible five days, most of your week is pretty bad. That's not a good week, really, if you kind of break it down. If five days of it are always this feeling of just, I just got to get through it, you actually miss out a lot on life. And there's been research done of kind of the retiring age of people, when people start work, and they've calculated all like the minutes and days and years. And basically, if you kind of lump the amount of time that you're going to spend at work over the course of your life, it would be nine years solid work. Nine years. My daughter is eight, and I think like, her whole life so far, even more than that, I'm going to spend at work every minute of every breath. It's like, that can be overwhelming. And so this issue of work is something that actually is central to all of us. And when I say work, 
it's not just necessarily your, your job that you go to. Work is also the responsibilities that you have, things that you have to do. That could be related to family life. That could be related to the errands that you have to run. That could be related to a diff- bunch of different things. So it's not just when I leave to go to my job, that's work, but really all the responsibilities that you have, all the responsibilities that I have, how do we handle them in a way that, that actually is going to be beneficial? And so uh, today we're talking about work as a blessing or a curse. Which one is it? Uh, next week we're going to talk about kind of the right work ethic. Like how do we work in a way that actually is going to be good for us and helpful to, to others? Then we're going to be talking about how do I relate to my boss? What about authority in work? How do I treat them, respond to them? If I'm a boss, how do I relate to those under me? And then we're going to uh, kind of close out this series talking about how do you get ahead at work? Like how do you actually get a promotion? Now, I would advise you don't Google memes on getting a promotion at work. That's a little dangerous. They're kind of theories of what you do to get ahead may, may not be right. And so you, we need something beyond kind of what the Internet has or maybe what our friends say. We actually need to find out like what the Bible says. And so this series is looking at kind of these issues from the perspective of what uh, the scriptures uh, say. So w- whether you're at home and you're you're focused primarily on trying to raise your kids or whether you're working 60, 70, 80 hours a week, we, we hope that this series uh, is beneficial to you. And really the goal of this series, if, if this has accomplished its job, is that we move beyond this idea of the first five days of every week are the roughest. Okay, We actually want to see well, what, how can we actually gain something from it. So we're going to kind of take this backdrop, big picture approach to work. And it, it starts with actually God himself. Because God established work. It actually comes from him, and he himself is a worker. And so, really, this idea of work is not something that that we just decided and we wanted to do, but it's something that actually comes from him specifically. But before we look into God and how he established work and how he works himself, I want to play a song for you. Okay, This song is called Working by Leonard Fired up to go to work, breaking my back, the sweat of my brow, but I've got to buy my baby some shoes. Represents some perspective, or represents kind of some motivation. And if you've got to buy your baby some shoes, you've got to get up in the morning. For you to break your back, you've got to have some motivation to do that. Okay? And really, that's where we all need to start. What's our motivation for working? And that's a question each of you have to answer. What? Why do you get up in the morning to go to work? Why is it that you do that? Why do you stay at the job that you have? How do you kind of stay in this Monday through Friday grind of work 
um, opposed to just forgetting it and doing what you want. So each of us have to kind of answer that related to our motivation. And really our motivation and kind of our view determines a lot of what we do, and that's true of life. Kind of the lens in which we look through determines a lot of the decisions we make. But each of us have to address that. It's easy to kind of just have this perspective of work and think it doesn't really impact our life. But as you've seen that song and as you look at the memes, it really does. Like that view actually determines things that you're going to do, things that you're going to say, and attitudes that you're going to choose. And we, we all have them. We may not realize it, but they're all kind of within us. And so why we work is, is an important thing. But let's go back. God established work, and he himself is a worker. It's important to, to note this because... Work wasn't something that we just kind of created, like we're here on this earth and we decided, hey, that looks like that's messed up. Let's clean it up. I think that's work. We didn't actually create this. It was something that that God himself established and created. And so really work is his idea. It it flows uh, from him. You see in creation and you see as we look out and you see just the beauty of the world, that's actually part of his work. That's his handiwork. Those are the things that he chose to do. But if you look at Genesis 1, the beginning of kind of the creation story and God interacting here, uh, you see a few things that he himself worked to do. He created the heavens and the earth. He created light, day and night, sky, land and sea, vegetation, sun, moon and stars, all living creatures and man. In Genesis 1, you see all of that. And oftentimes when we think of creation, we don't really think in terms of work, but that's what it was. God worked to do this and bring this about. In Genesis 2, 2, later, he basically describes what happened. By the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing, so on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. This is the first account of work that existed. God creating. Specific things. God bringing things about that weren't there. And he worked. And it was good. And then he rested. Now, as you read Genesis 2-2, there's a party that's like, God established the weekend. Right? Right? I mean, if he worked and then he rested, you get the sense of that's right. He rested. But see, like, does anyone else just gravitate like, yeah, God worked, but he rested, but he worked, but he rested. Sometimes the rest factor in work is just what gets you through work, right? Isn't that kind of backwards? But when you look at what God did, you see this work was good. If you go hiking over in the San Gabriel Mountains and you see all this stuff, this is God's work. Without work, there's no hike. There's no sunset. There's no sunrise. There's no stars when you see them in Southern California. This is all part of God's work. And he rested from it. But see, God actually doesn't just work in the past. He he works right now. He works to uphold his creation. Uh, He works to meet the, the broad range of the needs of his creatures. When we pray to him and he answers us, that's God working. When God takes care of the things in his creation, that's him working. Uh, He's working out his purposes in history. When his will is done, that's him working. And he also worked through what Jesus Christ did on the cross. This was a part 
of God working. All this, as he interacts with humanity, as he interacts with creation, and as he, as he upholds it, and as we still are here in time and space, that's God at work. So God sets the example. The reason I say that is there's sometimes where we kind of have this sense of we live a life, and if you're a Christ follower, you want to live your life for Christ, and it kind of fits in this area. But in the area of work, we kind of see like God doesn't exist there. Like that's work. But the good life and everything else is outside of that. Well, God himself, he's in work because he created it and he does it. And so it's important that as we look at work, we can't remove God from that space or from our perspective because it actually is from him. So as you kind of look at the fact that God established it and he does it, you then look that he's actually given it to us for a specific purpose and reason. And so I want to spend a little bit of time talking about that. So God established it. He does it. And then he made us to work. He actually created us to work. Now, I didn't find any memes like, I love work. God created me to do it. Got a thumbs up. Like, that doesn't exist. But that's true. God made work and he created us to do it. But it's not just supposed to be like this grind where we're checking boxes, we're doing tasks, we're doing this mundane thing. It actually has even a bigger role than that. So when we work and you work hard and you take care of your responsibilities, whatever they are, a few things happen. The first is you actually fulfill your purpose. I fulfill my purpose, again, because it's from God. Genesis 2:15 says, "The Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it and take care of it." Again, Adam and Eve didn't just get in the garden and think like, "What should we do? Let's, let's, like, let's like work. That'd be awesome. Let's just do it. Like, well, what is work? I don't know, but let's do it." Didn't exist, but God put them there. He said, this is your job to take care of it, to work it. There's a sense of there's things to be done. And your role in creation is to take care of the things that I have done. So fulfilling a purpose is if God has created and through his work, he's caused things to happen. He's given us the responsibility of humans to take care of those things. There's a lot of purpose in that. God's fingers have touched it, and he's allowed us to be a part of that. Uh, When we work, we also reflect the image of God. Again, if he's a worker and we work, we're actually doing what we're supposed to do. Kind of the picture I have is sometimes if I'm trying to fix something, I go into my garage and I grab some tools, and I start getting my screwdriver, and maybe I'm trying to fix something. Recently, I was trying to fix something on the handle of our fridge. It came off. My son grabbed the handle... And the whole handle of the fridge popped off, hit him in the head. And he just comes walking like with the whole handle. I mean, the whole it's like this long. He's just walking. What he was thinking, like, he wasn't sure if he was going to be able to get his go-gurt because the handle's off the fridge. What I'm thinking is the handle's off the fridge. And that's work. And so I started to get my tools and I'm figuring it out. And behind me, I look and my two sons went in the garage and they've got their tools. Now, like... It's like a hammer, a wrench, all things where I'm thinking, please don't touch my fridge with those. 
But what they were doing, they were reflecting the image of what I was doing. I was going to, I'm working, I'm grabbing my tools. They wanted to work and grab their tools. And that's a good thing. And that's how it is with God. There's a sense in which we see what God does. That should motivate us. We want to do the same. We want to be workers. That's actually noble. It actually brings about good. So it reflects his image. The other thing is, when you work, you can experience God's increase. There's things that happen when you work that, that God has his hands in. You find that in Genesis 1.28. Again, this is kind of back to the beginning. This is God's purpose for work. It says, God blessed them and said to them, this is Adam and Eve, be fruitful and increase in number, fill the earth and subdue it, rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air and over every living creature that moves on the ground. So he's saying, I've given this to you. Manage it. Take care of it. Work out in a way that things will grow. So not only did God have his hand in it, but he gave it work to us so we could take what he's done and we could grow it. Now, I don't know if you've ever played with Play-Doh with kids. And depending on your personality, you're the type of person that's like, no color Play-Doh can ever intersect with another color of Play-Doh. Right? Anybody here like that? Good. Way to, way to be, you know, way to raise your hand. You guys sit over there. No, just kidding. And then there's some people that's just like, let's just throw all the Play-Doh together. But you get the sense that God could have said, this is my Play-Doh. Don't mess with my Play-Doh. I'll let you live here, but don't mess with it. But instead, he, he said, here, here's the Play-Doh. Do something with it. Create. Grow. Increase. Do something with it. So you see this grace of God. God could have been this controlling God that didn't let us have any freedom to actually work the things that he had been, that he's given to us. But he did. And in it, we can act and work in a way that can create something. So there's just this, this kind of meaning and purpose there that actually has value. And we don't think of that when we're ironing pants. We're like, I don't want this Play-Doh, right? But work, in its essence, because it's from God, it, it, has, it has value. The last thing, and this is a lot of the thing that I focus on, and I forget about the previous things I just mentioned, but work also provides for our needs. At the beginning, I said, what's your motivation for work? Probably, I'm hoping, most of you said, well, I, it's like how I have money, Right? Because most of us don't want to work for free, especially if it's full time. Because how do you make ends meet? How do you make your life happen? And that's good. Work should be paying you money, especially at a job. Now, for all like the moms out there that are staying at home, like, wait a second. And so some jobs and responsibilities you're not getting paid for directly, but there's a sense in which as you work, it should provide for your needs. In the scripture, you, you see this in Second Thessalonians 3.10. It says, for even when we were with you, he's talking about them relating to this group. We gave you this rule. This is actually a really good rule. If a man will not work, he shall not eat. So it's basically this idea of working allows you to, to get the money to provide. Not just for yourself, but for your family. 
And that pleases God as well. So work is what you can support yourself and your, and your family with. So all these things, right? This is good perspective. It's helpful. It's a good reminder. But it begs the question, then why is work such a drag sometimes? Right? Let's just throw that out there. Why is work a drag? Why is it a grind? Why is it something that just we don't want to do? Whether that's studying, laundry, chores, commuting, all the things, projects, deadlines, all those things which swirl in our mind. It's hard to remember this stuff. Fulfilling our purpose, reflecting the image of God, providing for our family. It's hard to remember that. Why is that? Well, all these things I've described so far is how work is a blessing. But because of free will, kind of what we talked about last week, and the fact that we all chose to go our own way and we sinned and we really want our way and our best over God's way and his best, work actually became something that's cursed. So is work a blessing and a curse? The answer is yes. It is a blessing and it is a curse. And so despite the blessing that God intends through work, it's also a lifelong frustration. How long is it? Lifelong. Let me just make you just want to cry a little bit. A little tear roll down your cheek. Lifelong. What it is because of sin, work until the day we die will be work. And it will be frustrating. Now there's going to be good times and the ups and then there's going to be bad times and the downs. So if you experience that, that's a part of work. And it's actually back to the beginning of what happened when we decided to go our own way. And what you find in Genesis 3.17, this is where it all got messed up. It says, to Adam, he said, so God is speaking to Adam. This is after they had sinned. Because you listened to your wife and ate from the tree about which I commanded you, you, you must not eat of it. So here was the boundary. Do not eat. Don't do this. But they did. And this is what God said. Cursed is the ground because of you. Through painful toil, you will eat of it all the days of your life. So if you just kind of go back to the beginning role that they had in work, it was to care for the land. Okay? And to grow it and multiply it. Well, as soon as the ground became cursed, there's this picture that you have that the ground is no longer as fertile as it once was. There's going to be a lot of weeds. There's going to be a lot of problems. I don't know if you've ever done yard work and the soil is so hard that you get your shovel and you try to, and you can't even break the soil. And it's frustrating and it takes you longer and things are harder to grow and there's rocks in there and there's a sense of the land. It's just, it's cursed. Well, it traces back to this. The land is tainted. And work now is going to be frustrating. And you see that in the word toil. Painful toil. Toil means Prolonged and fatiguing labor. It's just the sense of like, work never ends. You ever felt that? Like you may be on top of your task and your responsibilities at work 
and you're kind of cruising through all the things that you have to do. And you're thinking like, I'm getting at the end of this tunnel. I'm going to see light on the other end. And all of a sudden a new project comes and you have a whole bunch of tasks that are undone. Or even like laundry. How is laundry never done? And the answer is because you always wear clothes. But there's just this thing like where I just love the laundry basket being empty. But it never is. Because there's always that sock that was hiding behind that door. Did I just say that out loud? But right? Just, this stuff seems like it's never done. Well, that's the toil. And that's going to be the battle that we are faced with. With work the rest of our lives. It's going to be fatiguing. It means when you're at work and you're like looking at the clock, you're like, man, please be four. Please be close to four. And you look and it's 11. Oh, I haven't even had lunch yet. Right? Or like you're in work and you're like, man, this day's going. It's like 930. You've been there an hour and a half. What? We don't face that. You're just looking at the clock. When is it done? Well, you're experiencing toil. The land is cursed. The things that you're doing is taking work. So toil, this, this, just, this pain that we have in work is, is real. I wanted to share some things for you so you can kind of see if, if toil is something that you deal with. And if you're like me, it probably is. Because again, it's tied to the fact that Things got messed up when we sinned. And when we sin now, we experience the things get messed up in our work too. Relationships that we have, things that we chose to do in the wrong way and we should have done it differently. All this happens. But here are some kind of signs of, of, of toil. Continual discouragement. If you hate your job, that's toil. There's a part that is just it's toil. There's just continual discouragement. If you wake up in the morning and you're just like, I don't want to get up. I want to go to work. If that happens to you, that's toil. Just this continual discouragement. If you're at work and you're just watching the clock, can it go any faster? Can it go any faster? It doesn't go any faster. That's That's toil. Uh, there's also self-defeating thoughts that you may experience, and that's 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 toil as well. Is it? Do I need to be doing something different here? Okay. Toil. It's all toil. Self-defeating thoughts. This is just a survey. You don't have to go yeah or anything, but I mean you could. Everyone will look at you. But here's some self-defeating thoughts that you may experience at work. My work is too hard. You ever said that? My work is too hard. I can't do this. I'm one person. We need to hire four more people to do all that I've got to do. It's too hard. I'm too tired to finish this. I need a nap. When was the last time you just, I, I need a nap. Like, I just need to put my head back a little bit. Or you're at work and before you've known it, your head is back and you've already napped. Those are the worst naps when you didn't even realize it. These are things like, I'm too tired, I can't, I can't do it. Uh, it's not fair. When was the last time you said that at work? You had something you were supposed to do, and you've been doing it, and you've been really trying to work hard, 
and then the requirements changed, and now what you thought you had to do is different. And you just, and like you don't want to act like a baby, but everything is like, it's just not fair. And you go into the snack room, and you're just kind of smacking coffee cups down, and how's your job going? And you're just kind of like, you know, clenching really hard. You experience this? If not, it's going to be really embarrassing. <laughs> this is all toil. It's all self-defeating thoughts. It's not fair. Uh, I'm the only one who is working hard. You ever done that? You're at the job and you're grinding it out. You're looking at your coworkers. Is that solitaire on their screen? Really? If you would work as hard as me, we'd all get done faster. I'm the only one that's working hard in this place. Maybe even at home. Am I the only one that puts dishes away? That, that one hit home right there. You got couples looking. I told you, I told you to put that away. Toil. It's, like, it's all toil. Then this one is, is like my favorite. You get a job, and maybe it's a job that you wanted. And then you get it, and you're like, I hate my job. This isn't the job I want. I, I just want to quit. This is not the job that I want. It's not what I thought. It's not what they said. It's not what I agreed to. These are all signals of toil. Have you thought those? If you're like me, you probably think of these just kind of in and out of your week. It's toil. Painful, fatiguing labor. But like most things, as we bring up kind of the reality of our situation, the way God works is He He wants the pressure and the toil to actually cause us to turn to Him. So if this, these things are true of you and of your experience, the chapter's not closed. It's not just supposed to be, yep, that's work. Here's your book. You live it out. This is your lot in life. No, there's more going on. God wants the toil and the fact that we're experiencing trying to work in this cursed state of the land to draw us back to him. And so I want to close out with just giving you two things that you can do when the toil comes. So when you recognize these things and you have these thoughts and the discouragement, and all these things that are going on related to your work, here are two things that can help you, okay? So when this discouragement comes, when the toil is there, how do I have the right perspective? The first is spend time with God. Now, if you're not yet a Christ follower, you may not even know what that means. But when you commit your life to follow Christ, you decide that he's really going to lead you. And that includes in work. You want him to be your ultimate boss. So you relate to your current boss and you relate to your work in a way that I want to please God. That's what it means to be a Christian. You want to please him in everything that you do. So when you do follow Christ and when you decide to follow him, you have to choose daily to spend time with him. Which usually involves reading the Bible, getting his perspective on things, praying, asking him for help. And really, there's this, this idea of, I, I need to get to know God. I need 
his help. So when you're at work, spending time with God is crucial. Now, the way I just said that is when you're at work, spend time with God. You may not want to spend time with God when you're at work, like on the clock reading your Bible. Hey, hey, boss, I, I'm spending time with God right now. Okay? Now, if you need to pray, you could do that in your head. That's good. But you need to spend time with God before you go to work, after work, in the sense of whenever you can to get the, get the perspective. The idea here is we, we actually don't have enough helpful resources on our own to keep us going. We need God's help. When we have self-defeating thoughts, we need perspective that counters that. And that's why God gave us the Bible. The Bible is the truth to counter wrong thoughts and lies. And this is how we gain strength. So we have, to, we have to spend time with him. You actually see this was part of the fabric in God's creation. He created Adam and Eve. And they spent time together. There's these pictures of God walking with them in the Garden of Eden. And we don't have a lot of what that account is, but there's a sense in which he was probably describing things and explaining why he created things. And they're just, they're interacting with him. So the intent then is still the same. There's a sense that God wants to spend time with us. He wants to walk with us. And that's when people say walking with God. It's kind of tied to this beginning in the garden. They walked together. But in life, a lot of times what happens, we get busy with work. We get busy with our responsibilities. And the first thing to go is walking with God, spending time with him, letting him know what's going on. And so if you're a Christ follower, this is crucial. You have to carve out the time. And it's counterintuitive because most of the times we're stressed at our job because we don't have time. And to think, well, how do I carve out time to spend with God when I don't have time enough? Well, it's based on priorities because what happens is as you spend time with God, he gives you strength that you did not have. And that strength allows you to do what you could not do. And if you're not a Christ follower yet, this is one of the things that God uses to greatly help you as you choose to follow him. As you spend time with him, he allows you to accomplish what he's given you to do. So you can actually live the life that he wants you to live. And it all flows from this time of, of spending it with him. The second thing, it's related. But when you're in the grind of work and you're stressed out and you're unmotivated, you actually, in those moments at work and in your responsibilities and in the mundane, whether it's a big task, whether it's a small task, you actually need to turn to God and choose faithfulness. So spending time with God is like preparation, right? We prepare ourselves to face the tasks that we have. And God helps us to do that. Not only does he help us, but he gives us the way that we should do it. He gives instruction. So it's all in preparation. God coaches us. When we turn to him in the midst of the things that we're facing, there's a sense in which we just have to recognize, okay, God, I'm overwhelmed. And I'm stressed. And I'm feeling like I want to throw myself a little pity party here. And you're just honest with God. God, will you help me to handle this work or to handle this responsibility in a way that pleases you? And so often for me in my life, as I'm facing those times where the toil is overwhelming and I'm just feeling like I'm in the grind and 
I'm struggling. I just ask God, God for help. Sometimes for me it happens like when I'm really busy, I get tired. And when I get tired, usually I'm less rational than I normally am. And I start my own self-defeating thoughts like, my life's always going to be like this. Anytime you say that, you're kind of in trouble because you don't know the future. But when you're like, it's always going to be this bad. Well, that's not going to really help you in the moment to keep going. So you have to recognize, God, I'm, I'm kind of freaking out. And you're just honest. You tell God what you're feeling and what you're going through. And so you turn to him and you state before him, but God, I want to handle this in a way that pleases you. Will you help me? Maybe a conversation you need to have. It may be a task that you don't want to do. Let's face it. Work is the most toil when it's stuff we don't want to do. Each of us have that in our own life. Because oftentimes, like, there's certain parts of work where, like, if my job was only this, it would be awesome. Like lunch. Be the best job ever. It's not. Usually the toil is the stuff we don't want to do. For some, it may be filing paperwork and administrative stuff. For some, it may be you love the administrative stuff. You don't want to have to talk to people. So when you have to talk to people, you're like, I don't want to do it. And others are like, I just need people. I don't want to do paperwork. Now, okay, I sound really fussy. Like I, I'm not saying we all sound like that. This is what goes on inside of us. Again, it's these messages we tell ourselves and we freak out. So in those moments... God, help me to choose to act in a way that's going to please you. Because ultimately, this work is from you. Help me to be faithful. This is also helpful when you, when you have tasks you don't want to do or when you have tasks that you think are beyond you. Do you ever have that thought like, there's no way I'm going to get this done? Do you ever say that? There's no way. I can't do it. There's no way I can get it done by the time it needs to be done. There's no way I can ever catch up. Oftentimes, there is a way. And you can do it. But you have to trust God, and then the help comes. Mark Twain had a great quote based on kind of the hard things related to work. This is what he says. If it's your job to eat a frog... It's best to do it first thing in the morning. And if it's your job to eat two frog, frogs, it's best to eat the biggest one first. So if you're like thinking like, like people have like frog eating, is that like their job? <laughs> right? I read that. I was like, people eat frog. No, what he's saying is there's a sense in which we all have things in our life that are like the frogs. Like we don't want to eat it, whatever that task is, whatever that responsibility is. All you see is the frog. It's not your whole job. It's not your whole responsibility, but that's all you see. And there's times when you maybe have two of those you have to do. What Mark Twain is saying is, there's a part in which you actually have to aggressively go after the things that sometimes you don't want to do. Why? Because it's your job to eat the frog. And sometimes it's your job to eat too. So I just want you to think for a moment as I wrap up. 
What's kind of the frog in your work right now? The thing that you don't want to do? The thing that you're kind of just overwhelmed by? Just the responsibility, the task, the project. What is that frog for you? And what I encourage you to do is, is recognize that before God. Be honest that you don't want to do it. And ask God for help. See if he comes through. See if God gives you the strength to eat the frog. And what you find over time and experience is God, God actually does work. You begin to see this track record where God allows you to get through the things that you didn't think you could get through. So just think about that. God, what, what's the frog that I have? And if there's two, what's the biggest one? So I encourage you to think about that. I'm going to go ahead and wrap up. And John had you guys fill out your connection card. If you could pull those out, we're going to be receiving our offering, and you can drop uh, those completed connection cards in there. But there's some next steps on the, the back side of that card. And these are really designed to kind of take some of the principles we've talked about and, and apply them in just a practical way. So the first is uh, commit to spend time with God this week. That's maybe where you need to start. Maybe you've just kind of gotten away from time with God and you just you need to start there. And so I encourage you to do that. The next thing is maybe you need to turn to God when the toil comes. When you're overwhelmed or those self-defeating thoughts come, ask God to help you to remind that that's the trigger. That's where you turn to him. Don't let it spiral you down into stress, running the scenarios, freaking out. But in those moments when the toil comes, ask God to help you. Help me to turn to you. And then the last is, thank God for the work he's given me. What I found in my own life is when I actually am thankful for the things that I have, I see them differently. Maybe God, he's, he's given you some work that you need to do. You don't want to do, but you need to do it. And it could actually please him when you do it. So just thank him for it. Thank you that, that I have a job. Thank you that I have this responsibility. Because I see that this is from your hand. So it may take, take some time to get there. But I assure you, these, these three things can really help you as we set out to handle the work in the way that pleases God. Let's pray together. God, I, I do thank you for the work uh, that you've given us. And I just pray for the right perspective. The fact that, that you help us uh, moment by moment. And work is something that, that despite the toil, it actually is, is a noble thing. And it, it flows from your hands. So God, just help us in our perspective. Just where we complain or freak out or just get into self-defeating thoughts. Help us to recognize those. See them as actually not pleasing to you and help us to choose thankfulness and faithfulness instead. And we really need your help to do that uh, as we face the things that we have on our plate. So we ask that you really do help us. In the name of the Lord Jesus, amen.